on this episode of that Kingsville podcast. Kev's back. Ooh. We let him back in. Got a tan. Yeah, yeah, tan. Tan Kev. Uh, special guest, Gord Queen, joins us for this episode. Uh, we discuss everything that uh, Gord's had an impact, some history about Kingsville, and some insights. So join us for this episode of That Kingsville Podcast. That Kingsville Podcast is brought to you by Kingsville Brewery. Another week, another brew. With an IBU of 35, the Hazy IPA was brewed for those looking for a beer with a bit more hop. Just in time for Easter. Oh. Come on, Gary. I got the joke. Yes. Let's do it an episode. Hot brew. Skip and a jump. Excellent. <laughs> this brew has a golden hazy appearance and aromas of fresh citrus, stone fruit, and cantaloupe. Flavors such as peach, apricot, lemon, oranges, and fresh melon can be tasted throughout. Best served cold and with good company. Hazy IPA now available at the Tap House or online store. And we'll be coming to an LCBO near you. Thank you, Kingsville Brewery, for sponsoring that Kingsville podcast. That Kingsville podcast is also brought to you by Murray Insurance. Uh, guys, it's the second community meal sponsored by Rotary and Murray Insurance. Uh, it's on April 6th, and Vern's Tap and Grill is in the kitchen this time. It's a complete Easter meal. Ham, scallop, potatoes, veggie, medley, and salad. I love scallop potatoes. Love scallop. Plus the team at Vern's. They knock it out of the park. I just had Vern's last weekend. Johnny Bread? Oh. Johnny Bread. I don't know what's in it, but it's it's the best. It's crack. It is. April 6th, uh, 5 to 7, uh, at the... Uh, Lions Hall? The Lions Hall. Again, uh, everyone is welcome. It's free of charge. Make a donation if you uh, would like. Uh, Rotary, Kingsville Rotary South Shore, uh, sponsored... Again, community meal. Please let everybody know. Hope to see everyone out. And thank you, Murray Insurance, for sponsoring that Kingsville podcast. I'm going just for the ham. Ham. Welcome to that Kingsville podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hunt. With me, Kevin Black's back. Yep. Steve Ianson. Special guest this week, Gord Queen. Mr. Queen, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Now... I do have to say, your family history goes back, you know, about a hundred or so years. So, why is it not named Queensville? You know, was there like a, a spat or <laughs> like a battle around town? No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, it was a hundred years ago when Grandpa Queen moved from Cottom all the way to Kingsville. Oh my gosh! Turn around, they looked at him and said, "Cottom," <laughs> and they roped him in and said, well, we "Come made on the, down." Made the right decision getting out of there. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't say that. It's a great. Great community. <laughs> well, he, they had a general store there. Yeah. Uncle Elmer was involved with the family there too. But. And when it closed, nothing else opened up, and everybody moved to Kingsville. <laughs> no, no. It was my favorite no. GI Joe character, General Store. Oh, oh boy. no, no, no. <laughs> okay. no. All right, back to Gord. <laughs> episode's about Gord. It's not about yeah, anyway. Gord, okay. uh, we wanted you on the show again. Uh, your experiences, your history in in Kingsville, and your family. Uh, is important and we wanted to make sure that we had this conversation with you because you know there's there's we've had we've lost some significant uh, people from Kingsville over the last little while you're still with us we want to make sure that we have these <laughs> conversations just because it's 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 something that I, I can't look up on Google and I can't ask you know most people in Kingsville so when when you were growing up in Kingsville there there were significant things about this town that that caused you to call this place home. So we're gonna we're gonna go through some varying amounts of, of timetables and whatnot, but can you summarize why you love Kingsville so much? I think it's the town as a community. We always work together. We had a great we didn't have a gym or auditorium when we started at public school. We'd actually go to the Roxy. And Mr. Brundage would take us down there. Another great thing was Kingsville Dairy. I made reference to Mr. Glass. You know, we could get a haircut from his dad. That was 75 cents. Go to Vet's Lunch, get a hamburger for 25 cents. But best of all was Sundays. Sundays, we could usher at the church. Bruce Souter was the minister at the time. Kim Lewis was one of the ushers as well. We'd go to the church, get the people in their pews, then run over to the dairy to get our milkshakes for 20 cents. <laughs> Bruce wasn't too impressed with that at first, but then we got peace. We decided we'd bring him back 
a milkshake, and we put it in the church kitchen in the fridge. So after church, he could get his own milkshake. But I think it's the sense of community. As kids, we had the soapbox derby right in front of the old library, yeah. and it was the fire department that ran the soapbox derby. I can remember one time I wanted to go because my brothers and sister had Jeff Bailey. No problem. The parents were supposed to sign a release for the fire department. Well, my dad didn't sign any release. <laughs> Jeff Bailey just put his name down, and that was it. So, you know, a lot of good times. It, it, you know, it's it's those types of, of of things that make community. It's not like there's there's a lot always lots of focus on tourism, and there should be, and lots of focus on on beautification, and and, and again, there should be, but it it comes down to those experiences, like the going to the general store and and going, go, going to the local auto parts store yeah queen's auto you know getting some wheels for your soapbox derby car <laughs> well when we worked on soapbox derby stuff too you had great people in town that helped you if you want a little welding short innes did the welding for the kids quite often he never charged me anything <laughs> if we wanted a little job weld another great thing was we actually could get penny candy Candy for a penny. You know, th those days are long gone, but you, you, you pick up your pop bottles and go to the boroughs or stops and get a wide variety of candies. You know, those are the memories you never forget. Gord, do you think, uh, and, and we, we all have young kids, do you think our kids are growing up in that same, are going to have that same sort of memory about Kingsville? Hopefully. I think as a town, we we all think I listened to some of the interview you had with Sue and the comment where he got some training I think for the last mayor uh, you had it for the last podcast made reference to Nelson and I think some of the initiatives that Nelson started for example the mayor's Easter egg hunt that was a great move mm -hmm. I think of the good times we had with the old migration festival freeds we I was lining one up on Queen Street one day and Stuart says Strikes was concerned. Well, what's your concern? Well, he had a cemetery uh, visitation. It lay, had to go from the funeral home <laughs> to the Green Hill. Well, I said, no problem. I'll break the parade up long enough for you to get you, the families through. He got through to the cemetery, and we, we carried on with the parade. No problems. <laughs> but we were working together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's it's the little things that that bind a community yeah. together and yeah your your points about what what Nelson brought and you know you're no you're to credit for a lot of this as well like you've served for 20 plus years in some form of, of town council so you know take some credit for yourself we'll 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 give you the the accolades but so stepping out of your your municipal roles you're a longtime Ontario Hydro and, and Hydro 1 employee so tell us how that started, because, you know, the, to, to explain how you went from that and a role in a community to other several communities around Ontario. Well, my dad was in parts, so I picked parts in the store when I used to sell them. I think that was great. But that gave me a tool or an opportunity Hydro was looking for someone who worked in the parts department, basically. <laughs> so that was my foot in the door. And once you get your foot in the door, they even have their own training center, or they did at the time I started. Now the name has changed because it was the Hydroelectric Power Commission of Ontario when I started. Then it was a big change. They changed the name to Ontario Hydro. Yeah. With the training center we had in Orangeville, we took everything from metering to land surveying, the easements, and they even shipped us to Toronto for sales training. And my career with hydro, I started in Essex, but I did move on to Beachville. Because I had studied electronics at St. Clair College, that was my key in the door to become a lines technician, which required more training. We were involved with the restoration of the Woodstock tornado. Mm. So, and we were at the same time converting the lines from 8KV to 27.6. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was all great because each step along the way with Hydro, I had an opportunity to work with a lot of great people around the province. After Beachville, I went from distribution lines to transmission lines. 
uh, you know, 230 volts is a little different. A little hotter. <laughs> a little hotter. A little warm. But the most interesting time in the city of London, they have a 230 volt line that runs east and west from the ci- through the city. With that 230 volt line, it had to go underground. Mm. So I was involved in a utility coordinating committee with the city of London, and that line actually has uh, almost like an oil coolant. So because there's a little heat with those lines. Yeah, yeah. So that was another initiative, and it gave me an opportunity to work on. I started half time transmission lines, half time at Farrell. Part way through, the boss came to me and says, which area do you want? I said, what do you mean? He says, there's too much work, so we're splitting the job into two. Which one do you want? So I stuck with transmission lines. Hey. That was great. So do you think that through all your experiences and, and all these communities and your involvement with Hydro, did that give you greater perspective when you were dealing with issues back here in Kingsville? Definitely. I can remember dealing with subdividers because at the end I was doing training across southwestern Ontario. You had to understand what the subdivider was after, but you also had to have quality in terms of the design. Mm -hmm. So we were working on contracts with the subdividers. I remember dealing with Jim and Jeanette Sylvester for Strawberry Ridge. When Magna came to Lakeshore, I was dealing with TRW out of St. Catharines. Mm -hmm. Uh, It definitely gave me a good perspective. I was fortunate when we had Bruce Crozier mm-hmm. because Bruce Crozier, if he got a complaint, rather than go through the red tape of going higher up to the hydro, Bruce would probably call, what's the real issue? <laughs> because quite often, you know, yeah. you hear one side of the story, but you don't get both sides. Yeah. Yeah. So I found it very helpful. And my boss wondered why we weren't getting the complaints at some of the others, but we short-circuited them by answering the MPP's questions yeah. right up front rather than having to write reports to go to Toronto to come back. You must find it pretty amazing to see the electrical infrastructure that's in place in our region now. You, I remember covering when when Hydro was coming down to, to do that Leamington, uh, the first Leamington Transformer station before they upgrade, decided to upgrade it again. And, uh, and that was a $200 million project 10, 15 years ago and and seeing the changes after even after that where you know you're seeing high voltage lines running down Graham <laughs> or running down well they have been for a long time down road too mm-hmm. but but seeing some of that work that you talk about in the city of London happening in the town of Kingsville it's definitely been different the second concession where the transformer station is once just had one 115 kv line coming in and it was all poles yeah i can remember taking treble calls because the plane came down knocked that out well then they put the second line in to the transformer station have to realize that that particular transformer station we supplied amosburg we supplied wheatley and campers cove area that wasn't bad at all up in allison i remember they had another expansion of hydro and I was warned by the boss when we went to the public open house, be careful. I said, what do you mean, be careful? He said, well, the last one that went up there with a uh, hydro truck that came out with four flat tires. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't take a hydro vehicle to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I bet. That's yeah. an electric atmosphere. <laughs> oh, 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 good one. <laughs> all, everyone's all charged up. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it's been interesting. Alliston was an interesting office. I spent 53 weeks there. When I went in as the office supervisor, there was rumors about that the office would close. So I went to the area manager. I said, what's this about the office? He says, it won't close. I said, what do you mean it won't close? He says, it won't close till I retire. I said, how do you know that? Well, George McKay is the chair of the management board of cabinet. He's a rotary buddy of mine, and he's assured me it won't close till I retire. <laughs> Inside scoop. Inside. Yeah, so I said, well, when are you retiring? Next year. Oh. <laughs> so when the opportunity came to move closer to home, we uh, came to Strathroy. Yeah. And when, what year was that about? Oh, God. Yeah. 
it's see Gord was really nice and he brought like a, a full history of his life and times which makes it really easy for us to ask questions <laughs> and we appreciate it we're gonna share some of this uh with uh the audience uh some of the the photos and the significance of you know what Gord's reported but so yeah you were in Strathroy uh oh, in the 80s yeah <clears throat> so when 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 did you come back to Kingsville when when did you set up roots back here Oh, God. Again, early 80s, mid 80s yeah, again? Mid, because I flip flopped for a while. I was in Essex area again mm-hmm. as a customer service supervisor. That was a job I had done in Strathroy. Then the province decided to change Hydro again, and they were reorganizing. Mm-hmm. So, what they did, they eliminated the job of the area office supervisor. So, I became the customer account supervisor, <laughs> which basically covered both. Then they decided to change again and move all the billing clerks to Chatham. Well, Chatham was nice. So all our billing clerks, we have some from the Kingsville residents, used to drive to Chatham all the time. Mm -hmm. Same job we used to do in Essex. Then province decided to change again. They went to a call center idea. So we have a call center in Markham. The call center in Markham did all the incoming calls, but they still had a call center in Toronto. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, London on Exeter Road. So, by that time, our regional office on Wellington Road in London is now a parking lot for the mall, but we have an office on Exeter Road. So, I worked part time in Essex, part time in the Exeter Road, mm-hmm. and basically that became the outgoing. It was designed in such a way that if either of the call centers was hit with a major tornado or something, they could still do calls in and out. Yeah, they could still pick up mm-hmm. red- Back. redundancy. Yeah. So uh, at that time, I did a lot of subdivision contracts, and at the end, I was doing a lot of training. So I could have been in Simcoe today and Walkerton tomorrow. So when when was retirement for Gord from oh, Ontario? Or wait, be at, Hydro One? Well, basically uh, 2000. 2000 so it's been 23 years yep. of freedom yeah it has and well and coincidentally well freedom from work okay i was gonna say because this man has really had no freedom the entire <laughs> no, it's freedom, it's- freedom for work exactly which was where i was going to segue so you started uh, with being a school board trustee back in the 90s yeah so what what back in the 90s i know you got kids as well too was that a big influence about why you decided to volunteer or what was what was the motivation well i think we go back to the school board. My dad was a school board trustee before he was on council himself. Oh, geez. We're just, you're following in dad's footsteps, are we? A little bit. Yeah. When Bill Davis passed Bill 30, that was the bill that gave full funding to separate schools. Mm-hmm. Ron Pronger stood in the parking lot at 170 Main Street East, and I was on across the street in Havlock's Yard, and basically that's when Ron said Kingsville High School was closing, we're turning it into Cardinal Carter. Ah, I remember this. That's when I moved to town, actually. That's so when all this was going on. I remember yeah. protesting. Yes, we yeah. all we all protested. I sought some guidance from a former politician in town, Hugh Rogers. Hugh Rogers was very involved in politics in Gosfield South, and I knew we also have a lot of people in the area. So I said, what do you think? And he said, go for it. So that's when I first ran for school board trustee. And even when I came on council, you may recall the threat to Kingsville High School has been several times. Mm-hmm. One time we had to sign up to speak at council or school board meetings, and we were limited to, to I forget, three or five minutes. Well, I signed up first. Nelson signed up second. <laughs> well, they have the clock in the school board room. Yeah, it, it counts down exactly how many mentioned. <laughs> yeah, well, I basically didn't use all my time. So Nelson says, "Well, can I use this minute that's left over or something like that?" <laughs> but we are all fighting for the same thing to maintain yeah. a school within our community. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, our neighboring community couldn't couldn't have the same success as we did. It was unfortunate, and we all share that yep. that that sentiment, and you know just how difficult Harold has it yes. with, with regards to losing that. Yeah. But, 
so that that was where it really you know aside that the, from that was the start of my political career so how long did you serve as a school board trustee about eight years and then right into counselor yeah you're like you know what we're going up from here yeah we're gonna have more of an impact on more things other than just school board related issues yeah. now the one the one thing i do want to talk to you a little bit about gord because you were on school board during the time that essex county school board transitioned to the to the the greater Essex with the amalgamation. I enjoyed my time on the uh, in the Essex School Board. We had a great team. I was off for about a year, and then the, I got back on the Merge School Board. I found it interesting that any of the policies we had in the county seemed to be discounted by the city. They weren't always supportive of any initiatives we had in the county. I was on that city one with John Van Wingarden at one time. John had an issue had to do with sports. It, it was fun because I got along with a number of the Windsor trustees. We had one lady that was super good with kids. And Cooper was her name. She was a retired nurse, as I recall. So even after I was a counselor, I had parents calling me, who should we talk to? I referred to, to her at the time if they had a special kids for, I was on SEAC, the special education committee before that. So she always looked after the needs. But when John Van Wingarden had a sports issue, I went to Jim Cook. Jim was a trustee that I got along with. And Jim said, yeah, I'll work with you on one condition. I said, well, what's that? Can you keep Wingy quiet? Because sometimes Wingy would carry on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, what do you mean? He says, if you be quiet, you make your presentation, I think we can get this passed. So Wingy was just sitting on a chair. I wouldn't say sweating, but it was hard for him. <laughs> but we got the motion passed, and we dealt with that item with regard to sports. Jeez. You know, I noticed, um, and, and I can't speak to the way that the current uh, board is operating. It's been a long time since I've covered school board, but it, the Greater Essex Board, when they would make decisions, it, it seemed a lot more. Uh, it it didn't seem like council decisions. It seemed like horse trading. Like there's a lot of of you know groups and sects of trustees that would work together and vote together. Maybe not necessarily neighboring towns sometimes not necessarily county versus city sometimes but you could see where there were groups that have formed to make sure that different people were able to get different things through and sometimes i do think that some towns at least back then would end up being impacted because they just didn't have enough votes i don't know if you noticed that during your time uh briefly with them but but that's County council can sometimes be a little bit like that too, where there's a lot more lobbying happening behind the scenes than than you might realize. I don't think it's different now. I don't think it was different then. Uh, it's similar to council. You know, the one thing about Tammy Stop when she was deputy mayor, she challenged Pat on occasion, and she reminded him, "Well, you have the right to go into closed session, but that doesn't mean you always have to." John asked me one time, well, if Tammy got in as mayor, what do you think? I said, you won't be going into closed session as fast <laughs> because she'll be questioning, do you really need to? Yeah. Or should it, would it be better yeah. to let the public know what's going on mm -hmm. and only do that if it really impacts our residents, you know, that type of thing. School board was no different. So yeah, like I said, you 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 served your time. You saw you saw what the school board gave you, or you gave to the school board, and what you got from that. So what was the what was the catalyst that was like? Council is now the target. Now is the time. Two thousand election. I think we have to appreciate the fact that things were changing. Not I was on the public school boards association for the province. I remember getting a speeding ticket in Stratford going to one of those <laughs> meetings on a Saturday morning. <laughs> You're very dedicated. Uh, yeah. Watch out that Emerald Road. <laughs> but basically, as a parent, too, I thought it was time. Because recognizing the needs in the community, I, I just, in my gut, felt it was appropriate. In terms of the school board, like Ken Marley and I even cooked hot dogs for the field days at, at KPS. And that was good. No problem. We enjoyed that. 
but it was time to broaden the scope a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's so, so counselor for how many terms? Three? Cool. Was it three terms as counselor? Well, oh, it's counselor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah basically, yeah. Yeah. So the, the 2000, 2003, yeah, and 2006 then, to 2010. Yeah. And then yeah. two as deputy mayor. Yep. Yeah. My math, my math is terrible. Three, three is deputy. Three is deputy, three is deputy mayor. mayor. Two. Uh, two is counselor. Three is deputy. I, I inverted it. Regardless. No, well, anyway. Two as deputy mayor. <clears throat> Eight years. Okay. One under Nelson, one. Yeah. So 2014 and yeah. 2018 yeah. and 2022. Oh, then. that's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, oh, okay. was right the first so 14 time. years as a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, 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 I thought it was three and three. I apologize. And, and you know, a comment we made before we, we started was there was a, a lot of, a lot of change, a lot of, a lot of evolution about Kingsville and you sitting on those councils in that time period was really the start of what what we're seeing today is how Kingsville's blossomed and bloomed and evolved. So, you know, back then when you remember Kingsville as the town that you grew up in and, you know, all the, the, the places of significance that, that you recall in your childhood, are you starting to see that these things are now becoming threatened for, for losing the preservation? Are you starting to see that people want to make changes that, that maybe shouldn't be made? Or is it a matter of that, you know, your your what you're starting to see in 2000 was just as a as an evolution of when people start having new ideas? Was it, you know, what happened back then? I think we all recognize that this town is moving, is growing. Every other town in Essex County is growing as well. We've had some successes. I think the BIA has been great, and it's definitely helped our downtown core. I sat on that for a few years, and it was nice to hear the exchange. A lot of those members have changed over the years. But prior to a BIA, when my dad was in business, they actually once had a chamber of commerce in Kingsville before it was closed. And then basically, we have a lot of members of our community that actually belonged to the Chamber of Commerce in Leamington, which yeah. the scope has changed. It has, the town has changed. When Dad had, for example, Queen Saw Supply on Main Street, George Stomp had the meat market or, or store right next door. John Hamilton had the Hamilton, uh, had the hardware store. And when the snow came in the wintertime, Dad might sh- shovel, uh, for the three, and later on, if it had to be shoveled in, it could be George Stop or the hardware store. Uh, it was teamwork. So that hasn't changed. I think there's still a lot of teamwork. In terms of growth, I think the town, because it was small at the time, was able to respond faster to change. Now it seems we're always getting a, another consultant. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true uh it's not always the best the bigger bigger isn't always best mm-hmm. if you look at essex county school board versus the merged school board is not able to respond as fast mm-hmm. to the yeah. needs i can remember having an issue in kingsville public school one time and i didn't feel that the principal was dealing with it or the classroom but i kept getting shot down in terms of you have to go through the chain of command but other parents in the same class were having the same problems so i just printed up some business cards with director of education's name phone number and email and distributed those all of a sudden the problem was resolved fairly quickly Sometimes you have to go, how should I say, use the back door to get problems resolved. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate, but that's the reality. It was interesting watching Gord on council over the years because, I mean, obviously nobody knew Robert's rules better than Gord did. Yeah. And, and that was, <laughs> but that was good because it, 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 it kept procedure in line. And at the same time, I almost, I, I guess I would describe you in a way it is at times as sort of the the officer on council. You were willing to ask the tough questions 
Um, you know, I, I, I've seen, and I've seen a variety of emotions from you. I, I've seen the, the fiery gourd. I've seen the sort of the emotional frustrated mm-hmm. gourd. Um, you, and you brought that to every meeting. Um, did you f- ever feel the need or did you ever feel like you were that officer that, that you were the one that needed to ask the tough questions when maybe the rest of council was being a little bit sort of timid for lack of a better term? Not really, because I think we had a good staff. I go back when I started in council, Linda Burling was a clerk. Linda was excellent. Dan Giovanni and I, I would ask questions, but I think we had some good mentors over the years. I like old Bob Allen. <laughs> Bob was great with dollars and cents. He, even after he went after council, he would ask me, give me a copy of the budget, and I would deliver it to his home so he could <laughs> go over the budget. But one time when they wanted... kindred spirits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one time the town wanted to go for a, a workshop, uh, like a planning session, or other towns were going up to Bayfield. Bob's comment, why? Well, we'd be secluded. We'd have quiet. We wouldn't be distracted by the phones in the office. Bob says, no problem. <laughs> We had that workshop at the golf course. The golf course has a boardroom upstairs, mm-hmm. and Bob just booked that, and we had the, the workshop right there. So on the one hand, we were able to accomplish stuff, and we actually, I can remember Nigel Bellchamber, he has done work with municipalities all across the province of Ontario, and he led the first uh, real serious strategic plan. I think that was great. I think... In terms of planning, you have to do some of that. I really appreciated the Parks Committee because the Parks Committee gave us an opportunity to sit down and talk to those that wanted to put on special events. It wasn't all, how shall I say, filtered by staff. It also gave us an opportunity, whether it was a fight between pickleball and tennis, (laughs) <laughs> that's a recent would we one. call it a fight that's a recent that's a recent <laughs> one well it was a good discussion sure and i think that ended up well but it built on a lot of initiatives that we've had and a lot of successes our skateboard park uh tina who lives right next door to this place mm-hmm. she was the chair of our skateboard park committee yeah. and, and we made some success there so I, I think we've had a lot of good initiatives. You know, sorry, Dave, I had to get one in. Okay. To, uh, to to Steve's point, though, and and Steve, uh, we covered Kingsville Council for years, and and I'll tell you, I I often wouldn't if I if Leamington Council went long, I wouldn't be able to make it to Kingsville in time because Kingsville would be over, and I would call Steve the next day and when we talk about what happened and I knew that if if Gord was at the meeting that that everything was done above board because you wouldn't always know that about some of the other municipalities around if you're not at Leamington you, you don't know that a reconsideration motion was voted on properly you don't know if it happened in Essex properly sometimes no debate on a motion to defer no debate on a motion to defer you need two-thirds majority to be able to reconsider a motion. This is all stuff we've learned from you. Gord. Yeah, this is all stuff we learned from you, Gord. And and learned. And I'm I'm telling you, it uh it it's it was always you knew a meeting was run well. And and to Nelson's credit, Nelson ran a good meeting, but but everything was run well and properly and on point because of good clerks and because of Gord. Point of order, Mr. Chair. I appreciate that. When I was running the last election, I had a good chat with Pat O'Neill. He did mention the fact that I did question him on a couple occasions, <laughs> even when he was, he was in the chair. But he, he respected that, and we had a mutual respect for one another. But we both went by the book. Yeah, and and you have to. when If you're on council, the council works best when it's by the book. That's it, it, it. It's once you start deviating a little bit from some of those rules, where maybe you let someone talk a little bit longer, maybe you let a motion through that shouldn't have been. All of a sudden, there starts to be gray, and then you run into issues on council. And and I also, 
used to cover Essex and and you could see the difference and some of the issues that Essex ended up in in the long term I truly feel because in 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 the early days there was a lot of stuff that was allowed to get through that probably shouldn't have happened and and it snowballs and the snowball was never allowed to start in Kingsville and and usually it's because of Gord <laughs> well I think we had a good clerk too after Linda Burling, we had Jennifer Ostrogo. We got her. She had experience in HR. She was a lawyer, but she went by the book as a clerk. Mm-hmm. I was sorry to see her move, but her job was changing in town, and she uh, basically got more money, I think, as I recall, right close to home in the community she lives. I c- congratulated her yeah. on her move. Towards the end of of your your last term, you you got you were the mayor. I mean, acting mayor, but you were you were the top dog. What was that like for you? And was that ever was that ever on your radar? Not not being acting mayor, but did you ever consider a run for mayor? Given my age, I think it was best not to run for mayor. I was asked by John whether I would fill in when Nelson left, and I said, "Sure, I have no problem filling in." I think having someone else as mayor is great. In terms of filling in for Nelson, basically I was just filling in, carrying on with projects that he had already started. We were trying to attract more doctors and nurses, nurse practitioners to town. That was one of his initiatives. So I went to a number of meetings for that. And it didn't matter whether it was that or any other initiatives, for example, uh, working with the greenhouse industry, things of that nature. So a lot of the projects that I did in the last, like those last six months was basically carrying on with initiatives that he had already started. But it had to, it had to feel kind of good. <laughs> Come on. You had 20 some odd years and you're now you're the guy for at least a little bit, right? You can smack that hammer around and no more know. points of order. No, you're the guy. <laughs> but when Nelson was there, Bob Allen gave Nelson a shillelagh. That was a hard carved wood. Yeah. When I was at committee of adjustment meeting chairing it last night, I noticed that isn't there. So I suspect he's taking it up north to Allison. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah, it, it was much louder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> heavy stick so um, um, about that as well too your involvement in the community outside of of just strictly council and and deputy mayor and, and acting mayor you've had a lot of involvement in community groups and community organizations communities in bloom being a big uh factor in kingsville that has won awards and accolades so what was your involvement with getting that you know started an initiative the first i think we have to credit Al Backey and his late wife, because they came to us and wanted to have start communities in bloom. At the time, Mr. Wood said, no, we don't have enough staff to get that going. After Dan retired, we tried again, and I was the first chair of the Communities in Bloom Committee. So we worked on that, and we did get our five blooms. Uh, it was a great experience. We learned from other municipalities. For example, Charlie Wright in Leamington was uh, involved with Communities in Bloom in Leamington, but Joan Washburn's brother was very involved as a county warden years ago. I think it was Middlesex and Glencoe area, and he was involved with Communities in Bloom. So we had good linkage and good opportunities. Our first trip was to Stratford, and we saw the their pumpkin parade was one of the things that they were promoting. They didn't put it in a park, but and over in the first line, the main street with pumpkins. And that's what started the pumpkin freight idea mm-hmm. in Lakeside Park. Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, Communities in Bloom Committee is up and running. Uh, I've helped them with a couple of dances uh, even since the election. I think they have one scheduled for May the 5th. And they want somebody with smart serve, and so I've, <laughs> I, I work with smart serve in Migration Hall. I did that for... Uh, with John McGregor for the games down at Lakeside Park. So I said to Thomas, sure, I, I have no problem doing that again. But I made a deal with Thomas. You serve the booze, I'll sell, sell the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's properly delegating. You've also, you were also really involved with scouting yes. in, in town. 
what was the attraction for scouting? What was what was it the well, 1971, when I started with Hydro, Bob France was a Kayla. Bob lived in Kingsville, and he got me involved as an assistant cub leader right then. And we had a lot of fun over the years, taking kids camping. I can recall taking them to uh, London, Storybook Gardens, one of the cubs lost his hat. Well, we couldn't get it because he leaned over the beaver pond, and there, there's his hat. Now it's in a dam. Yeah. yeah. It, it was well, that's good. just what he said when he dropped it. it probably. But it, it was good because we took kids to Bobble Island. I counted the kids behind me, and I had an extra one. I said to the, to the camp, why? He said, well, I got lost. And my leader told me, if I ever got lost, just fall in with another group of cubs, and they'll find, <laughs> find my leader. So that's exactly what we did. In terms of Woodstock, we did the same type of thing. Instead of selling hot crust buns like we did in Kingsville for the Cubs, we had bottle drives. The bottles, we were collecting glass bottles and everything. One of the boys brought back a case, and they had a case of beer. <laughs> and they weren't empties. No. Okay. <laughs> one of the other Cub leaders happened to be a sergeant with Woodstock Police. He says, I'll take care of that boy. <laughs> Winter Cub Cap at Goebbels. Those, we had wood stoves, so we had to keep the kids warm with wood stoves. That, that was good. We had one kid, his nickname in the 13th Woodstock Pack was Steamroller. In the summertime when we took down the tents, the kids would just holler for Steamroller. He'd roll all the air out of the tents <laughs> for folding them up. So a lot of good memories. Of course. And, and these are the things, the foundations, going back to the original statement about why you're passionate about the community. Well, you're involved and engaged and a part of the fabric of what community means. And, you know, I think I can speak for the, the three of us that we learned a lot from your service and your volunteering through through the years of, you know, just how many different motion yeah. council. Like those are things that I would have never understood had I not been a part of, of what you've done. Well, I think you've done a lot of great work too. I remember the event economic committee when you ask members of council to interview some of the community businesses as well Lord, we're not this is not my show this is I, a show I, about you okay i, I know but <laughs> i appreciate that the, trust the, me that was a good experience when i had a chance to sit down with some of them i got some straight answers from some and some were how should i say disgusted with council of the day <laughs> and constructive suggestions as well right which which kind of leads me into the next question so you know this past election uh, you ran again for deputy mayor yep. and unfortunately wasn't elected. Yep. You know, Kim DeYoung took that seat. Yep. So on election night, you know, what was, what, what was your feeling about, you know, Hey, my, my time's over now with council. I think you hit the nail on the head. I talked to Richard, the former mayor of Essex. And I said, Richard, I went to a library board meeting after that because that's when I made the motion to try and get those two branches open yep, again. Yep. I had a chance to do that. But I said, I beat you to the landfill. He said, what do you mean? My election signs. I said, nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had a pile. And I, oh. you know. So, but yeah, that that's, that's you know, all, all good things must come yeah, to an end. Yeah. And you have to reflect, though. I I, I would view it as you know what it's time for someone else to to carry the torch and continue on and and see things through and your statements about the projects and the things that have been put in motion while you served will continue on as this council and future councils continue to execute build and grow i appreciate that i think people like ron colasanti who worked hard when we wanted to expand the soccer fields and basically you do did the assessment, okay, what's needs? And we had more kids than we had soccer fields. So we bought those additional lands for the soccer fields. I think that was great. 2013, we hired Monteith Planning's firm from London, and they did our master plan for parks and recreation. And that was updated five years later. And it outlined exactly what community wanted now and what should be happening five and ten years down the road and that was updated five years ago and i think that was one for example the swimming pool question kept coming up we, Ca- don't, 
We don't talk about that here. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm no, kidding, no one wants a no. swimming pool. The swimming pool question came up. Go ahead. No, and in reality, basically what they told us, you can't afford it. That's why we don't talk about it, because <laughs> it, so many people try and jam it down your throat as a council. And it, it's got to be realistic, and that's where it, it helped having an outside consultant like Monty Brown doing that. Our splash park, we had public information sessions for the first one. We... Did it in Cottom? We did it at Lakeside Park. Nobody showed up at Lakeside Park. Cottom, it was full. Mm. All the parents with little kids, they wanted the flash park. So then afterwards, members of council got flagged. Why didn't you put it in Lakeside Park? Why didn't you come show when he had the information session? You know, we have to listen to the residents. A lot of people at that time when I started on council forgot that Cottom and Ruthland are part of Kingsville. Mm-hmm. We asked Nelson this, and I'll throw it out there because I'm sure, you know, if it's not me, one of you <laughs> say the same thing. But looking back, any regrets and also any, is there any one or two or three, four, five, six things you really look back on with great pride from your time as, whether whether it's it's school board trustee or member of council? Yeah, the feather in the cap. I think our success in maintaining a high school in the town of Kingsville is a prime one. Yeah. Splash Park, when the community came up with $75,000 to build a skateboard park, rather, for the town, was great. Splash Park, again. But it isn't just the town. Like, we worked together. I served on the board of Guestwood Camp, and it was fun to watch the kids. And if you're serving the community, we have kids from our community go to that, that camp. In the year I was assistant director of junior boys camp, we actually put speakers under each of the cabins. One morning I woke them up to the Hallelujah Chorus. <laughs> <laughs> I read to the kids at the youth program at Keys. Well, I think all in all, we've got a pretty good town. When the Mr. Murray wanted to have the races for the Kingsville Public School on the side street. We've got a little flack. So we got it passed. And the deal was Larry and I would be at the west end and the police would only have to deal at the east end. So, you know, you work together. So we've had a lot of good projects. KRP, it was fun. Ken Marley and I were on that board when Migration Hall uh, started KRP. The music band, Skyler, played the first Winthrop, mm-hmm. and they even had me playing a, a slave on stage for the King and I show. Oh, they were desperate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got the chops. Yeah. <laughs> so was, was there anything, though, that you, you wish you had been able to, to, to do over or invest more time in? I don't want to call it a regret, but, That's you know. Fair. you know. My only regret is that we dissolved the PRAC committee, or Parks, Recreation, Arts, and Culture Committee. Yeah. Because I think that gave us an opportunity to hear from people without having everything filtered. You betcha. I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a couple of the other committees as well, too. But you know what? Council's, council's entitled to, to make yeah. the choices that they do. Yeah, but I enjoyed having Steve and Brandon Ritterford and oh, thanks. <laughs> Mr. Hickmont and, and others that would come to the PRAC meeting and, and express whether it was hockey, soccer, ball, or whatever. It's nice to have staff, but it's also nice to hear. When I was a school board trustee, I can remember at times Mr. Palmer would get upset with me. I said, what are you upset with? Well, you didn't go through the chain. I said, I did. I didn't get an answer. Then I went to the teacher and the parent first. And sometimes you have to do that. Mm. To your point of engaging the community, those committees were a, a way to have local citizens participate yep. in, in, in local government, yes. in, in forms of. And by removing that, we're distancing ourselves from the message or, or possible messages. So, are, are we building more silos than we're breaking down? I don't know. Another testament to Gord was, was his attendance record. I, I don't know percentage-wise, but you pretty much knew he was going to be at the meeting, whatever it was. And there was one meeting, a, a one... Prac meeting where he wasn't able to attend, and 
some the vice chair had to chair it. And thankfully, thanks to him, I was far less nervous than I thought I was going to be because <laughs> because I had I had learned so much, like just watching him and listening and and how to kind of pr- procedurally. Um, and it's you know okay, I'm recognizing this person as the speaker, and and you know, and and that's all again down to his sort of command, if you will. And it was never uh, when I say command, it it was never in like a dictatorship sense or anything like that. It was simply efficiently run. By the book, um, friendly but proper. Yeah, Gord, you've had an impact on town. It's it's no doubt about that, and we're very happy uh, to have had you here to have this conversation with us tonight. And you know, I, again, I can't say enough that the things that we learned just by being around you and being a part of some of the things that you were involved with gave us a lot of the the ability to expound on our ideas and participate because we understood what was expected and what you could and couldn't do. And, you know, I want to thank you again for, again, your service and and sharing, you know, some of your stories here tonight, because it's just a matter of there's, there's significance in a community and people like yourself and your involvement have an addition to the fabric of a town. And, you know, that that's something to be said for and something to be proud of. So thank you. Well, thank you. And I appreciate the invitation. One of the things we all learn from our families is to listen to our families too. With the migration hall, I mentioned a couple of the shows that Skyler was in, but I remember the song from Famalot. It says, I'm not dead yet. (laughs) (laughs) Contrary to rumor, I'm not dead yet. I wish you all a great night. (laughs) Thank you. Well, how, how how are you filling your time now? Because a lot of people would, now that you're not uh, visible on council, would uh, would not know what you're up to. Well, Monday night, I went to the Horticultural Society meeting. The Horticultural Society made me a life member years ago. <laughs> There's a tree planted at the town hall. When they wanted to plant the tree, I said, I'm not dead yet then. <laughs> they said, We're still going to do it. So. Yeah, and when they had the seed day, I was at the Unico building from 8 to 3 with their seed day, and I'll be helping with their plant thing. In terms of communities in bloom, Thomas knows that I will sell tickets for his dances and things of that nature. I'm still involved in the church. Uh, In terms of other commitments, how should I say, I'm not dead, but I'm being more careful in terms of what I volunteer for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I actually ask my wife, what do you think? And uh, we have two grandchildren. One is three, the other is five. And we're spending a lot more time with them. And it gives me time to spend time with the grandkids. What's nice about the Horticultural Society is basically they went to him and said, okay, Gord, just plant yourself right there. (laughs) Anyway. And on that note, Gord, again, thank you very much for joining us tonight on that Kingsville podcast. I uh, hope to see you around town for, for years to come because, again, we know what, what involvement you have in town and the importance and the things that you bring. So, again, thanks for joining us tonight. and uh, It's been a pleasure. Yeah, much appreciated. Thanks, everyone, for watching That Kingsville Podcast. Please like, subscribe, do all those things. Thanks to Gary for production. We'll see you next time.